Welcome to Movable Dough. This is Steve Danielson. Join me each week as we explore the minds of living composers. We talk about their lives, their musical journeys, and of course, their music. For a complete archive of episodes, as well as access to the shorter segments called Movable Snippets, visit my website, sdcompose.com slash movabledoe. Hey, this is Steve. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Movable Dough. Here we are at the start of a brand new season of interviews, season five, if you can believe it. Joining me as the first guest of the new season is composer Ola Yelo. Ola was born in Norway and moved to the United States in 2001 to study at Juilliard School in New York City. His music has been performed by top ensembles throughout the world, including recordings through Decca Classics. In 2015, the choir of King's College Cambridge performed Ola's Serenity, O Manu Mysterium, at the annual BBC televised Christmas Eve service. In addition to composing, he's an accomplished pianist, often improvising over the top of his published choral works. Ola's music is published by Walton Music and Boozy and Hawks. Ola Yelo, welcome to Movable Dough. Thank you so much for having me. So I have some Norwegian ancestry back several generations, but I know precious little about Norway's musical culture. Mm-hmm. So what was your musical experience growing up in Norway? Did, did you have a musical family? <clears throat> yes, my, my father um, is uh, a very good amateur saxophonist. <clears throat> so I grew up um, with a lot of music in the house. Uh, he Yeah, he would just play, re- well, when I uh, when I was little, we still had records, <laughs> actually, which is crazy to think about. Um, so uh, and then cassettes, of course, and CDs eventually. Um, so he would play a lot of uh, music in the house all the time. But but it was also very eclectic. Like mm-hmm. uh, he, he loved, you know, anything from uh, classical, a lot of choral. Uh, so that's kind of where I got that. Gotcha. Uh, bug from and then um yeah you know jazz folk music norwegian folk music which i love and pop uh both you know kind of oldies and new stuff so um yeah so it was very sort of all over the place which was really great for me to be subjected to to so many different styles and and um so that that was kind of the you know in some ways the most important education you know i could have, <laughs> could have had because you just kind of especially when you're still little you just assimilate everything kind of <clears throat> intuitively and um um so yeah that that had a huge uh effect on me and then i started playing the piano when <clears throat> i can't remember exactly but i was i was very little um but I, our grandmother gave us uh, a piano when i was one so um yeah, so I just started playing that as soon as I I was sort of physically able to, as a child, and um, and that that kind of when it started, you know. Was it pretty evident right at the beginning that you were pretty talented at playing piano? Yeah, I think I had a good ear as a as a child, so I could uh-huh. sort of he, um, so I was sort of self taught in the beginning, and I have no idea how, but I could sort of you know uh, make sense of stuff that i heard on the radio or whatever and and kind of play it back you know on the piano um so yeah um but neither of my parents or my family are you know uh, composers or or anything like that but um so uh but yeah i definitely had a a sort of natural kind of sense of harmony i i suppose when when I, uh, i was little yeah so you mentioned you were listening to lots of different types of music from jazz to rock to Norwegian folk music. Mm. What music do you think has made sort of a lasting impression on you that you still see influences of in what you're writing today? I think all of, I mean, uh, more or less, but uh, there are aspects of sort of all of it, uh, I think, uh, now too. And I also listen to a lot of uh, film music when I grew up, Mm. um, especially from my teens probably. Um, that's when I really started listening to a lot of film music, excuse me. <laughs> um, yeah, there was just something about that, the sort of evocativeness of, uh, of film music that really spoke to me, um, at that age. And, and I think, and it still does, I think, you know, some of our, our best, com- greatest composers, uh, living composers are, are working in film today, I think, you know, um, have you ever so, tried it yourself? 
Um, film? Uh, n- not like uh, uh, f- anything like full uh, feature length or anything like that. Um, uh-huh. I would love to someday. Uh, it just had to be sort of the right, you know, the right thing. But uh, uh, so it's been more like it's uh, existing music of mine has been uh, licensed to uh, movies gotcha. or TV, that kind of stuff, which is uh, uh, which is always always super fun because you already wrote the thing, so you don't have to do anything. But it's it's really cool to hear your stuff in in uh, a movie, you know. Yeah, so, well, yeah. Hollywood, if you're listening, Ola's open for uh, for a new project. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so you're an exceptional improvisationalist. Wow. Thank uh, you. So did you did you study improvisation? Did you study jazz? How did you get into that? Yeah, I studied jazz just a little bit uh, for like a year, I think, in high school. I had a, a private um, or they, the, the school got me uh, a private uh, jazz teacher, jazz piano teacher uh, in back in Norway, uh, where I went to mu- uh, uh-huh. like a music high school. Um, okay. So I didn't move. I didn't leave Norway until college. So. Uh, so, yeah, I did a, a year of jazz, uh, which helped a lot it gave me sort of a jazz foundation you know but uh but the improv part i've always i'd always done anyways from from i was a kid you know so um so that's just something that's always been sort of felt natural to me i just uh i don't know i just i love improvising it's it's so it's very free, but it's also very exciting to me, you know, uh-huh. because you never know what's going to happen, <laughs> you know, sure. and uh, and that's also been really fun to do with, uh, which we later started to do with choirs, um, be, you know, because uh, it's a great way for me to be able to work with choirs, you know, in, in a sort of in a creative way, uh, and also a fun way because I've heard these pieces most of the you know a lot of them i've heard them a lot and right. uh, and performed them a lot you know so it's it's to be able to add something new to them is, is really fun and exciting um so uh but yeah i think but improv- improvising is it's you know it's hard to teach anyway it's harder to, to to learn it's just something you kind of just I, I don't know, you just do it and, and you get better <laughs> at it, I hope, you know, hopefully, you know. I So uh, so that's always just kind of just been something I did just because it's my favorite thing to do as as a as a pianist. You sure. Know? Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of being a pianist, I understand that you have a new album of solo piano music coming out called Dawn. So that's what, right. Yes. What can On, we expect uh, from that album? This Friday, the 19th. Is that right? Yes uh august 19th sorry uh, what we, i was <laughs> gonna say what, what what can we expect from this album what, what are we gonna hear yeah so don is the uh sequel um to uh sort of to uh, uh my uh, album called night uh which came out a couple two three two two years ago i think um which my, was my first uh, solo piano album on uh, on Decca Classics. Um, so, and um, that album, you know, uh, thankfully did did well, and I think it streamed streamed like uh, the record company said it streamed over um, like fifty million times or wow. something, which is yeah, it's crazy. I can't, uh, I can't, <laughs> I can't really <laughs> imagine. That's that's such a crazy number. But um, so that's been really, uh, really fun and and uh, and nice to do because you know it's my instrument, so right. it's really personal to me, and it's it's um, I love to do solo piano stuff, which is just so kind of simple and pure in a way, you know, and you can just do it all yourself, you know, <laughs> and um, so yeah, that album is sort of in the same, you know, it, it definitely in like kind of like an ambient feel to it it's definitely on the on the uh, lyrical relaxing sort of end of the of the uh, scale uh and um it's but it's slightly different from the night album i think it's slightly more i don't know like optimistic maybe hopeful (laughs) which makes sense with the title like dawn right so um yeah, so I think it's uh it's more sort of heart oriented in in a way slightly more than um than the night album 
which was maybe a little more sort of cerebral, more uh, very uh, mood sort of based, you know? Sure. Mm. So going sort of back to your life in Norway, I, I wanted to contrast it. When you came to Juilliard to study, what were some of the biggest differences you noticed between the United States and Norway, both musically and non-musically? What, what was sort of your culture shock like? Yeah, that's a good question. It's it's so hard to compare because it's so such a hugely different, you know, scale uh, mm-hmm. between Oslo, which is an awesome little city, <laughs> and New York City, which is a, a gigantic city, extremely. And, and Norway is fairly kind of spread out, right? Because it's uh, it's sparsely populated, right. but people are living all the way from all the way to the north tip, you know, which is really really far north. So it's it's sort of more spread out country, and uh, and in New York, and especially Manhattan, everything is right on top of utterly <laughs> concentrated in the most you know because uh, you're you're trying to to cram all this stuff into one island, and um, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a bit of a culture culture shock, you know. But I think I just always just wanted to experience that to be in like a massive metropolis, you know, where, uh-huh. where it's it never s- sleeps. And I'm not very much a night person. So I like with, you know, late night, there are still tons of beautiful lights all around, all around, you know? Um, so I love that sort of uh, feeling at night in New York city. And uh, so, yeah, I just really fell in love with, with the city and, and uh, I felt a, at home there. And, uh, and Julia too is, is such a different type of conservatory you know i because i went to the uh conservatory in oslo uh mm-hmm. two years before that before i transferred to juilliard which is uh, i mean you know a, a music conservatory which was uh was wonderful but so but the at juilliard uh, it's also music dance and drama as well so it's right. this is this uh you know incredible environment of artistry kind of in any field almost so it's it's a it's a really exciting place just to be you know apart from the academic stuff and and you live kind of right at lincoln center right so it's a it's a in the middle of manhattan so it's it's you know it's incredible place to have a campus and uh so that was you know that was really exciting you live literally by the uh the uh, Metropolitan Opera and the Avery Fisher Hall and, and Carnegie Hall just down the street. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's it's a crazy uh, place to be just dumped into as a in your early twenties. You know, and I lived at the dorms, which was at Juilliard. You know, in this mm-hmm. high rise, kind of sticking up from from the Juilliard building. So yeah, I don't know. It's um, the differences, man. I don't know where uh, <laughs> where to begin. I think uh, what I love about Norway and America is they they complement each other so well. They're such uh-huh. incredibly different countries in in every way, but in in the best way, I think you know. So it's it's nice to sort of toggle back and forth between the two, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, yeah. I actually wanted to ask about one of your experiences in New York. So I I know you were or maybe perhaps you still are composer in residence with DCINY. Yes. Are you you still with them? Mm -hmm. So that's distinguished concerts, international New York. Mm. What are your responsibilities with them as composer in residence? I'm just curious. Not too much. It just means that I've sort of affiliated with them in, in New York city. Um, So we, we sort of do more regularly something like we put on a, a, concert or a concert half you know of of my music and okay. usually i'll be involved in in um little rehearsals and that kind of sometimes i'll play you know and uh or usually i'll i'll play um so far and uh yeah so it's that and but i'm also uh writing a new piece um they're commissioning uh a piece from me for next year oh nice uh, yeah, so um, but I'm finishing in the spring, and then the world premiere will be in the fall with one of their mass choirs mm-hmm. from from all uh, you know around the world and with orchestra. So uh, so yeah, that's a it's a around half hour piece uh, that I'll I'll be writing for them. Um, so that's that's uh, it's very exciting, and and uh, I think yeah, the premiere will be Carnegie Hall, I think. 
and then uh so it looks like it will be based on something uh norwegian like we wanted to base it oh, on like cool. a norwegian uh folk tale or, or something like that we haven't quite decided yet but um so that that's really exciting um so yeah it, it's 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 mostly you know doing rehearsals with uh whenever they do a concert of my stuff and uh, especially when because i've lived in new york for for years so it's it's uh it's such a great um great way to be able to connect with a lot of singers and conductors in this way because they yeah. come to from all over the world to the city where i live so i can you know it's uh it's a lot easier than me traveling to all sure you know, all over the place yeah in 2015 uh, i actually brought my high school students up from memphis mm. uh and you were part of that concert andre thomas was directing and we had a great time oh wonderful yeah yeah so we've talked about your piano playing and improvisation, but much of your music is choral. And you you talked about how your dad sort of introduced you to choral music. Uh, but what what sort of keeps you drawing you back to choral music? What is it that you love? That's a good question. I think uh, ultimately I can't really exactly say why. I think I just always uh, really gravitated towards that sound from from I was a kid or at least a teenager. I just came back to the choral sound all the time. And so when I started writing, uh, so I got my first, I was sort of self-taught, you know, before that, but so I got my first, let's say classical composition teacher, uh, private teacher right after high school. Mm -hmm. And so he started me out with, with choral. Uh, And because he thought, you know, it's, it's a very, natural place to start and it's writing for voices kind of can help teach you good voice leading and stuff Mm -hmm. like that you know but then from the start i just absolutely fell in love with writing for for choir and just so i just kept doing that you know (laughs) um and never really stopped i don't know i think i mean obviously i i love the human voice and in general as an as an instrument of course but I also like in choral it's such a it's such a great environment too I think uh, both both artistically and and socially and there's so much much sort of warmth I feel in that world and they're so passionate about what they're doing and, and singing and and I don't know it's just a very nice it's just a very nice world to be in. You know? Sure. Well, you know, yeah. as a, as a choral composer, you often have to deal with text. So yeah. When, when you're starting a new piece, how do you decide what text to use? Sort of a lot of factors. I mean, it depends on the commission, the, some, you know, what sometimes they're looking for something specific, or they would even have a specific text in mind or a specific direction. So that can help, uh, you know, decide. And then often they'll have, you know, a preference between, you know, sacred or secular or, or Latin or English or, or Norwegian for that matter. <laughs> so, so that's part of it, you know, I mean, one of my favorite things is to work with uh, Tony Silvestri um, who, who's written um, for, um, for a lot of choral composers, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, he's just really great to work with really easy very flexible and so it's a really fun kind of collaborative process and and a lot of kind of back and forth Uh, so you really get to kind of mold it you know together and i don't know it's exciting when something a a text is written exactly uh, specifically for that piece Mm -hmm. you know and and we could really shape the text to be exactly what we wanted to express you know um so i i i really like that but other than that uh yeah i have sort of a bank of poetry so uh, i tend to read tons of poetry and just um i remember those little books you know those little everyman books Mm -hmm. that you can get (laughs) like they're so cute but they're uh so I, I just buy a bunch of those books and like read through because they give you a gr- <laughs> great cross section of tons of poets, you know, or, or types of poetry. And uh, yeah, so then I just sort of 
find the po po poems that sort of inspire some kind of music in me and then write down the titles. So, uh, so I have this sort of bank of, of, of tons of po uh, poems that, um, so when it, when they're at, when I have a new commission, I've sort of I'll often consult that bank sure. and see you know is there something here that really because it's um it's a tricky thing with with text because there are tons of uh, poets and and poems that I I love you know but does but they don't necessarily kind of inspire music necessarily right. uh, that's like a whole different thing so it it kind of takes a lot for to find stuff that really conjures that kind of that sort of inspiration you know what I mean? mm -hmm. Mm. all right i got one last question for you before we take a quick break mm. who is another living composer that you think we should all go check out oh man there's so many Jeez, i wouldn't know where to start uh you mean like <laughs> that people might not have heard of or, or just possibly sort of or just one that's on your playlist lately or, mm. or something that you think we should go find out about i so impressed with um uh, this is composer uh named uh, natalie holt natalie holt. this is not coral so i don't no, know that's fine about coral. No. <laughs> but uh yeah she's incredible um she see she scored the loki show ah. for uh for disney uh disney plus and um i didn't know her music before that, I mean, she's she had done a bunch of stuff, but uh, that score was like wow. Uh, just the opening credit music, which was so like over the top and kind of like operatic, always like because Loki is such a dramatic right. type <laughs> character, you know, <laughs> such a narcissistic, dramatic type uh, character. So you needed that kind of massive, over the top kind of uh, theme I think for it um, that had this sort of tragic component to it but the whole score is so imaginative, imaginative and creative and uh, and weird you know so uh, yeah I was I was she's she's incredible and she I think she did the Boba no sorry the Obi-Wan score as well yeah okay the Obi-Wan show so I think she's incredible. Uh, actually, also uh, Ludwig Johansson, uh, which is uh, I don't know how you'd say in sort of in like uh, Goransson. I, I mean, you might say it's sort of if I amplify it, you know, <laughs> uh, it's probably what he, what he goes by here. He is also another film composer who who uh, coincidentally coincidentally also did uh, Disney Plus show, uh, <laughs> which uh, The Mandalorian. Oh, okay, uh, and and tons of other he did uh, Black Panther, uh, Tenet, you know, but he is an, a Swedish composer uh, who works in Hollywood. Um, but he is incredible. Uh, I probably the best composer in Hollywood right now. I would say. Um, well, you weren't kidding about your love of film music. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I really do. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, we are going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll listen to some of Ola's compositions. Welcome back. I'm talking today with Ola Yelo. So we're actually going to start by talking about a pair of your pieces, your most recently published choral works, Lux Beata Trinitas and Yam Solo Recedit, both for SATV chorus, piano, and solo oboe with optional string quartet. So you mentioned on your website that these were written as a pair, but can be performed equally well independently. So what's what is the connection between these two pieces? Yeah, so um, they were both uh, commissioned by the same choir, uh, the ACJC Alumni Choir in uh, Singapore, and um, I wrote the Lux Piata uh, Trinitas first. So uh, what they wanted was was basically like um, a piece that involved the oboe, which I've never. Uh, actually once before but yeah i haven't i haven't done a lot with choirs so that that was really uh fun to be, to be able to involve uh, involve the oboe mm -hmm. and um so this was during the pandemic um so they they did the premiere uh as uh online uh, as like a semi virtual choir I and mean, they recorded it so you, you'll find the youtube the videos on youtube of, of both the pieces um so they recorded them in like groups of five 
uh-huh. that you have to because of social distancing right and then kind of uh put the, all those different groups together as one sound uh they did a really good job of it and um uh, but yeah, because it was sort of during the pandemic, uh, or sort of the latter part, um, you know, not the very beginning, but uh, I just really wanted to write something that was very, like, uncomplicated and hopeful and uh, sort of just just friendly, <laughs> just warm, <laughs> you know, something that feels, hopefully feels sort of comforting. Uh, at least that's what I wanted to feel at that time, <laughs> you know. Um, and so, so that's so. So the form of both pieces is very, very simple. It's sort of an A B A B plus mm-hmm. kind of uh, form, and they both uh, so they're similar in that way. And um, so they kind of belong together in a lot of ways. But yeah, they can totally be unwritten separately as well you know and over over a period of time um yeah so um where were we sorry (laughs) i was just gonna do they have similar musical themes connecting them as well or sort of musically are they independent yes they're completely independent uh musically but it's more kind of the musical kind of flow to it that Mm -hmm. that that works between them, I think, and that the uh, the Yam Sol Rachedit, the the sort of second piece, uh, you know, if you if you want to perform it in the way that I sort of imagine it, right, uh, is uh, has a slightly more uh, uh, active piano part and uh, sort of this ostinato that's uh, you know faster, but still everything is incredibly very lyrical, you know, on on top of that, but um so it's more uh it's not they don't share any thematic material at all but it's more they're very in the same kind of atmosphere you know <laughs> uh-huh. okay well we are going to listen here to acjc alumni choir performing first lux beata trinitas and second yam sora chedit
All right, next we're going to go to your piece, Still. So this started out as a piano solo, but now arranged for wordless choir and harper piano. So it started with no text, and now even for choir, it has no text. So what does the <laughs> what does this piece mean? <laughs> um, yeah, so this is um, kind of the main single from my uh, previous solo piano album called Nights, um, and then Voces Eight was, which were uh, they were doing an album um, of partly of a lot of wordless um pieces they really wanted to explore that sort of sound world you know mm-hmm. um but some, some of them are at text as well on on the album um so they wanted to try this this piece still and in a, in a choral choral setting um so jeff lawson which is uh an amazing amazing um arranger uh did this arrangement uh for a part choir with harp and or you can substitute with with piano um so yeah it's it's wordless so it's really all about the you know the, the timbre and the the sound and the, the sort of sound world um and i just i really love what he did with it and obviously how they perform it <laughs> so so, so you wrote so the original incredibly. piece for piano. So yeah. why why do you think it's so important to be still sometimes? <laughs> I think uh we just I mean part of it we just have to, right? We have to recharge. Um so that's uh and I I think probably the more still we're able to be the more we sort of recharge as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if we're able to sort of really, really reset and uh, I'm not saying I'm any good, <laughs> any good at that, but, um, but I think certainly that's all, that's always sort of a, a state that I, I, I search for, I, I long for, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um that's not always easy to attain. <laughs> sure. All right. Well, we're going to listen to Votus 8 singing still.
And lastly today, we're going to listen to Dark and Luminous Night for SATB Chorus, Piano, and String Quartet. So this is a combination of two earlier works that you wrote, Dark Night of the Soul and its sequel, The Luminous Night of the Soul. Why did you decide to combine these two into single work? Um, I think it was actually, uh, yeah, it was a request from um, for the record uh, the record company uh, with Decca Classics. So mm-hmm. uh, I did my first album with them in like twenty fifteen or I'm quite yeah, uh, around there. Um, so they asked um, because they wanted to have a lot of different pieces on the album because uh, it was my first album. So it was sort of a cross section of, of stuff uh, I had written and, and newer stuff, you know? Um, so dark night of the soul and luminous night of the soul, like the full pieces uh, together would take up a lot of that album because it, they're, you know, fairly long pieces. Uh, it's probably be about 20 minutes altogether. Mm-hmm. Um so they asked if I could do like uh, a sort of a combined short version of the two. And, and I never really thought of thought about that. And uh, so and that's kind of the cool one of the cool things of working with like a record company or a publisher and th- that they can really give you kind of creative ideas that are kind of born out of more kind of commercial reasons right. or interests, but 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 also can be really really helpful and useful because it's stuff uh, i didn't never would have thought of that you know and uh so there was it was kind of their idea and and so i started playing around with it and 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 i and i just kind of took up my like my favorite parts uh of the two pieces and really concentrated them and then Mm. put them together into sort of one piece uh which is basically a short version of dark night of the soul with uh, a short version of Luminous Lights of the Soul as sort of like a coda, which is really just the ending of that piece, which is this sort of never, <clears throat> uh, this kind of rush that never stops, uh, this fast ostinato thing. Um, so yeah, that's how that, um, so I, yeah, I just played a, a, around with it, with it a lot and uh, and I, I, I kind of really liked it in in that form, you know. And so we decided to, well, we released a recording with uh, with Tenebrae uh, as a single or like an EP, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, released the 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 sheet music as well. Um, so I, but I also thought in from from a practical sense as well, I I liked it because it's uh, I mean it's a lot of music, so it's not always possible for a choir to do you know especially if you do both like over 20 minutes just for these two pieces. And um, so I like the idea of having uh, a short version of that. That's more, that can be more accessible yeah. to a lot of concert programs because in this form it's, it's under eight minutes. So, um, so that, that was part of it too, a part of it too, that I, that I like, you know, <laughs> fantastic. All right. We're going to listen to Tenebrae performing dark and luminous night.
Well, Ola, what are you working on now that you can tell us about? Um, so right now, um, well, we're sort of right in the in the um, last sort of um, sprint to uh, to uh, release the uh, the new piano album uh-huh. uh, called Dawn. Uh, so yeah, I mean that'll be out in in two days. So right now we're just kind of preparing that and and. Um, promoting that and stuff like that you know um so that's always an exciting time and then um i just started writing on a commission from the king singers um which i'm very very excited about um and that they'll premiere um this fall very cool in in london probably uh so yeah i'm very excited about that one and then um I'm also uh, starting to work on that piece we talked about earlier for for DCI and Y, uh, which would be a, a fairly long piece. So I'll I'll start you know early, uh, very early with that one, and, sure. and sort of start planning it, even though it's not uh, due until next year. <laughs> well, if my listeners want to learn more about you, hear some of your music, you know, what's your website that where they can find you online? Yeah, so my website is uh, as simple. It's just uh, olayalo.com. And are you out there on social media as well? Yeah, and I'm on all the, uh, or most of the <laughs> uh, platforms. Uh, yeah, on, on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, YouTube channel, of course. And then um, I just joined TikTok, actually, a few a few months ago. Uh, so I haven't, re- I haven't really really got started but i have some stuff up there but um i'm excited to uh to play with that platform more and and kind of figure it out we're gonna see some ola yellow tiktok dances (laughs) definitely (laughs) not definitely not (laughs) nobody wants to see that (laughs) well hey listeners out there as we start season five of movable dough this is a perfect time to consider becoming a supporting listener for less than one dollar a month that's less than twelve dollars a year you can help me keep the music moving. Visit anchor.fm slash movable dough and click support and become a valued supporting member today. Ola Yelo, thank you so much for joining me today on Movable Dough. Thank you so much for having me, man. I enjoyed it. My guest today was composer Ola Yelo. If you have a recommendation for a future guest or an idea for the show, please email me at movable dough at gmail.com. This is Steve Danielson. Keep the music moving. <laughs>